want you to turn your Bibles to our scripture reading on Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 20. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 20. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for it is, its profit is better than the profit of silver, and its gain than Fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, we come to you and we are humbled before you and before your word. We ask now that your spirit would speak to our hearts, Lord, We are a grateful people, mindful of your people around the world. We think of the people in Beirut, churches that have been blown apart and utterly leveled to the ground. Some of your people, your leaders, Lord, are suffering loss of all things. And those that don't know you, Lord, are going to experience this message in a sense where they realize that our trust in riches our trust and possessions, though little they may be, they can all be swept away in a moment. And so, Father, may we listen with humble hearts. May we not simply be hearers of the word this morning, but what may we be doers. Lord, give us wisdom. May we be teachable to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be preaching. Sounds like the Lord's preaching, you know, a little bit too. And I'm used to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm teaching online at 9.30. So that means I'm down in the multipurpose room in the dark. And like now all of a sudden there's just lights and there's people. And I'm excited to be here. I hope you are too. Okay, I just needed to share that. Hey, what is your number one stressor? Right now, what is your number one tr- stressor? Now, don't look at the person next to you, okay? That, that Just hold that in for yourself. No matter what your number one stressor is this morning, 
money is usually tied to it. Millions of Americans suffer from stress, and 2020 has only added to it. Can I get an amen on that, right? And listen, five of the most stressful life events are these. Death of a loved one, divorce or separation, moving, a major illness, and job loss. And when you think about COVID and what we're going through, that affects all of those areas. And yet every one of those areas, it seems every crisis has a financial element, stress to it. And yet this morning, you're going to see in the book of Proverbs, this morning we can see that the book of Proverbs and really the whole Bible has much to say about money and how to handle financial stress. And as I said, I've been teaching online. This is part of a series at 9.30. You can catch all the messages of this series on our website, wearelifebridge.com, or on our Facebook page. But the series is this, Surrender, Wisdom's Path to Success. And if you're going to stay on wisdom's path to success, then you're going to have to learn how to surrender your treasure to the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Now, it's good news. The context of this is good news in terms of our church. Our current financial situation in this season of COVID is a testimony to the grace of God and the grace of God at work in your giving. Amen. We should be a humbled people giving thanks to the Lord for the way he has provided and is providing. Now, every preacher that shares good news like that is scared on the inside, right? Because it's like, oh, okay, I can lighten up. Okay, so it's a trust issue, even for us preachers. But listen, we don't know what the future is going to hold. We don't know if the Lord's given us surplus here during this season because of what's coming down the pike. These are very uncertain times. And even if if things get better, okay, we have many unfinished projects where we need giving and those resources to go to. So God wants to help each one of you. Because here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether you have a surplus or things are tight. It doesn't matter. God wants everyone here this morning to learn how to surrender your treasure to the Lord. Because surrender is never about how much you have. It's whether you're willing to surrender whatever you have to the Lord. And so God has good news for us this morning. God has both wisdom and grace for us in the area of our finances. And so I want to do two main things this morning. God wants to show you how to surrender your treasure. He has wisdom for surrendering. And then God wants to give you grace to surrender. God has grace for surrendering your treasure. So let's begin with this main idea of God has wisdom on how to surrender your treasure. And we're going to take Proverbs 3, 5, 6, and 7 on very very familiar passage. These verses are the core of chapter 3. And I've said in this series that these verses can be applied to really any situation. What we're going to do this morning is apply them to surrendering our treasure. And I'm going to give you five steps from Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 for surrendering your treasure. So let's dive in. Here's the first one. Whether you have little or much, 
Trust in the Lord, not your money. Trust in the Lord, not your money. Look at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, how, where, in what areas? Today we're talking in all your finances. Now that's easy to say, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But it's hard to do. And yet it can be done, beloved. Thousands of God's people do it all the time. Are you really trusting in the Lord and not yourself when it comes to managing your finances? Are you trusting Him for your daily bread? Or are we trusting in our retirement, our savings, our job, our ability, our spouse? How do you know if you're really trusting the Lord with all your heart? Well, two easy ways. The rest of the message really answers that question. But just to get us going... Who comes first in your financial planning? Who comes first? You and your needs or God's, God and His purposes? And also, are you a generous giver to the one who gave His all to you? You see, there's gospel generosity. God was generous to us, and in turn, we are generous to Him when we are trusting in Him. With all our heart. You see, trusting the Lord calls for putting God first with a living faith that is also a giving faith. Now, the simplest way to know if you're trusting is to look where you're leaning. And that's point number two. When it comes to your finances, don't lean on your own understanding. The way you know if you're trusting Him is if you are leaning on Him. Or are you leaning on your own understanding? Look at the rest of verse 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. They're tied together. You can't be trusting in Him and leaning, relying, and resting on your own understanding. And so maybe you're saying right now, well, Chris, if I'm not trusting in my own stuff, my own resources, then what am I leaning on and relying on? I'm glad you asked. Wisdom leans on these four things. The plain teaching of God's Word, the purposeful leading of the Holy Spirit, the practical training of God's people, and the powerful enabling of God's grace through His Son. Those are the resources that God has given for you, not just, I mean, in every area, but in your finances. Do you realize the plain teaching of Scripture? Gene gets a Bible a uh, scholar and pastor has said that uh, there is more teaching in the Bible on our possessions than on anything other than the Godhead. The Bible is full of wisdom for you to lean on. And then as you get into God's Word and seek His perspective on finances, the Spirit that dwells in His people will lead you on making wise decisions. And then you've got the practical training of God's people. There are half a dozen, a dozen people right now in this room who have walked the path of success in financial management. I'm not saying they're rich. I'm saying they're wise. And we can hook you up with someone that can help you with a budget, help you to learn from their understanding of God's Word, the Spirit's leading in their life, so that you can go 
and lean on these resources. And, and the powerful enabling of God's grace. There's a whole, the second half of this message is all about that. I just want you to see, this is what you lean on, or should be. Now, let me give you a warning. As long as you lean on your own understanding, you very likely will never get out of debt. And you definitely will never have God first in your finances as long as you lean on your own understanding. So start trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Stop leaning on your own understanding. And here's the third step to surrendering your treasure. In all your financial dealings, acknowledge the Lord above all. Acknowledge the Lord above everyone and everything. Notice verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And this morning I'm saying... In all your financial dealings, acknowledge Him. Now listen, surrendering to the Lord is never a one-time event. Now, granted, it often starts with a crisis. You know, we have a financial crisis and we turn everything over to Him. But to consistently acknowledge Him in all your financial dealings means a day-to-day decision to put God first and to apply his lordship to every financial decision. Now you say, Chris, what does that look like? Well, it looks like more than what I can give you this morning. I'll tell you that. But if you take the handout that was there with your notes, uh, this is what it looks like. And I just gave you seven proofs, seven practical proofs, to show that you are putting the Lord first. You acknowledge Him in every way. And, and if you, I'll just quickly go through that. And that, here's what it looks like. It looks like putting the Lord first. Okay, that's the heart of it. That's the center. You say, Chris, you keep making that point. Good. I'm glad you're noticing because that is the essence. That's where it all begins. That's where it ends. Giving God the best part first. Secondly, planning. If you're going to acknowledge him all in all your ways, then planning to give, to save, and to live. And in fact, those three areas gives you a budgeting plan of 10, 10, 80. Give the first part of your income, the first part before the government, before your bills, before anyone. Give 10% to the Lord to give. Give 10% to yourself for savings and then live off the remaining 80%. That's one way, one practical. I'm not saying it's the only way. I'm just saying that's one practical way to acknowledge and to plan. And then thirdly, notice, if we're going to acknowledge him in all our ways, it means praying before borrowing, investing, and buying. Now, I know, and I'm not going to be gender-specific on this, I just ruined a whole lot of shopping for a whole lot of people right there, right? Because that will eliminate impulse buying. And it will also eliminate foolish investment. Do you pray before financial decisions? And then number four is another way, or a fourth way, is paying bills on time and debts as promised. That is a way to acknowledge the Lord in all your financial dealings. Man, there's so much we could talk about. Number uh, fifth way is preparing for the future. That's another way of acknowledging the Lord in all your financial fu- uh, all your financial dealings. Preparing for the future with your eye 
on eternity. You see, planning is bringing the future into the present so you can do something about it now. Let your advanced worrying become advanced thinking and planning. A sixth way of acknowledging him in all our ways is pursuing wealth honestly and not hastily. When we put God first in our dealings, then we don't go after dishonest gain. And we, don't, we, we run from get-rich-quick schemes. That's acknowledging the Lord. You see, get-rich-quick schemes, i got to say that slow, are all built on fear. And they're also built on laziness. Get, get your wealth fast. And get it now or before it's too late. Well, guess what? When you trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding and acknowledge Him on all your ways. I don't have, I have a resistance built in to getting rich quick. And then finally, practicing sacrificial giving. Listen, when you acknowledge the Lord in your financial dealings, you're freed up to give sacrificially because you're not scared. You're not holding on. It's not depending on you. You can be a conduit of giving. I love what Proverbs 11.24 says. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And that is so, so true. So many of you in this room have practiced sacrificial giving over the years. And I don't think anyone would stand up this morning and say, wait a minute, it's hurt me. It's hurt me financially. It's hurt my standing. No, God provides for his people. So that's what it looks like. I'm giving you practical proofs of acknowledging the Lord in all your ways. So let's go back to Proverbs 3. 5 and 6, and let's look at verse 7. Number 4, when it comes to surrendering your treasure, admit God knows better than you. Admit God knows better than you. That's verse 7. Look at verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You see, that's the root problem right there. Uh, Last week, Uh, In this series, I did a whole lesson on not being wise in your own eyes and surrendering your thinking. And I'm telling you, when it comes to finances, we need to say, God, you know better. You know better. I find it fascinating. In Proverbs 26, when Solomon addresses the sluggard, he brackets it with warnings about not being wise in your own eyes. And there's more there. I wish I could develop that. But I just, just understand, God's been around longer. God owns it all. God knows the beginning from the end. God knows your financial stress, and he can get you through it. But you have to admit that he knows better. And then fifthly, here's the last one, God's five steps for surrendering your treasure. Fear God more than gaining or losing your treasure. You see, if you will get serious about applying this message this morning, you'll be in a position like my wife and I get into in trying to apply this stuff. Sooner or later, you're going to be faced, and probably sooner, with a decision of, yeah, but if I do this, I may lose 
You know, I, I may lose wealth. You know, if I give to God, how am I going to pay my bills? Or you, 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 you might say, look, I, I, if I put God first, I, I'll have less money to invest. And then I'll lose some of my investment. Listen, you got to fear God more than gaining or losing your treasure. He is the GPS for all decision making. Throughout this series, I've talked about God is your global positioning system. Look up to him. Always reference him. Wherever, whatever you're dealing with. And some of you, it's not financial stress. I know that. For some of you, it's relational stress right now. For some of you, it's health stress. There's all sorts of stresses in this room. But I promise you, the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be your GPS so you can, you can make decisions in light of who he is. He knows what's best for your financial future. He knows how to manage what you have, whether it's much or whether it's little, and he knows how to leverage what you have for his kingdom purposes and for your greater joy. I love Proverbs 22 too. The rich and the poor have a common bond. The Lord is the maker of them all. That's why we fear him. Ecclesiastes, the teacher, had these words. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it, and there is nothing to take from it. For God has so worked that men should fear him. And that's true in our finances as well. So there you have it. There you have it. God's wisdom on how to surrender your treasure to the Lord, all from Proverbs 5, uh, 3, verses 5 through 7. Now, maybe you're, you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, boy, Chris, that is a little overwhelming. It can be and it should be. Because in the power of our flesh, in our own understanding, we are not capable of fulfilling these five steps of surrender. And if you're feeling confident about doing it, you're saying, you know what, I, ah, Chris, I got this. I got this. I put God first. This is, you know, I'm, I'm surprised people struggle with this. Well, let me uh, point you to Proverbs 3, thir- uh, verse 34. Look at your Bibles, Proverbs 3, verse 34, and notice what it says. Though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. You say, what's the deal with Proverbs 3, 3, verse 34? Well, you may be more familiar with the two times in the New Testament when this proverb is quoted, James 4, 6, but he gives greater grace, therefore, quoting Proverbs 3, 34, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Or 1 Peter 5, 5, all of you, Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Listen, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how much you got, how little you got, doesn't matter how great a debt you're in, doesn't matter how much savings you have, we all need to come this morning, humble ourselves before the Lord, and He will give us grace to surrender our treasure. Amen? So let's look at that. Grace for surrendering your treasure. I want to wrap the sermon up with these three points. It's from Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Look at Proverbs 3. Everything I just gave you was all intro to to this, okay? So Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. 
Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I want to show you God's grace for surrendering your treasure. First of all, regularly monitor your heart motivation. Regularly monitor your heart motivation. Why do I say that? Because we are to honor the Lord with our wealth. That word honor means glorify. Glorify God with your wealth. Now remember, finances are never about the amount. They're always about the heart. It's always a heart issue. So I ask you this morning, who is getting the glory in your your finances? Have you given the Lord your whole heart when it comes to financial dealings and financial decisions? And you say, Chris, I struggle. That's all right. God has grace for giving from the heart. God has grace for giving from the heart. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 through 8. One of the most encouraging passages. You say, Chris, how can I honor the Lord? How can I have the right heart motivation? God has grace for that. Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. Each one must give as he has decided in his what? In his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful, free, willing giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. Can you imagine? Look at that. God has grace to where you can give generously and still have enough resources to be sufficient in all things at all times that you may abound in every good work. And back in chapter 8, verse 12, Paul says to the Corinthians, for if the readiness is there, in other words, if your heart is willing, is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. This is the beauty. People get hung up on this. Well, I I, I give to the Lord, but I have so little. It's not about the amount. It's about your heart. If you are willing and you are trusting him, you will give what you have, and it is the widow's two cents who put in more than all the other people giving much more. When your heart is right, then you can rely on the Lord to do the second thing. And here's the second. Here's the second truth. Consistently meet God's conditions. Consistently meet God's conditions. Look again at verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. How's that look? And the first fruits of all your produce. See, when God's first in your heart, then he's first in your giving. These are the conditions. Give God the best part first. Now, there's two points under that. First of all, give God your heart first. Give God your life. Listen, God doesn't want your possessions. He already owns them all. 
God doesn't want your money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. What God wants is you. He wants to love you. He wants to father you. He wants to care for you. He wants to manage your stress with you and for you. He wants your heart. Give him what he wants first, and that's your heart. And then secondly, give him the first and the best part of your finances. I love this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits. Now, the first fruits, that was, this was an agricultural society. And so the first fruits were those first plants, that got the crop that first came up. And God's saying, hey, whatever the first, when, if, if you've had a good crop and a good season and there is fruit coming up, guess what? That's from me. Therefore, show that you realize that and give the first crop to me. But don't give me the leftovers. Listen, why should we give him the first part? Because God doesn't need, want, or deserve our leftovers. Man, it's so easy to uh, pay our taxes, to pay our bills, to get what we want and what we desire, give to our kids what they want and what they desire, and then whatever's left over, say, here you go, Lord. There, you get the leftovers. No, God gave it all. He gave you those kids. He gave you that job. He gave you that strength. Give him that first part, and then give him the best part. Because, see, back in those days, people's hearts were as deceitful and wicked as ours are today. And someone would say, well, if I have to give a lamb for sacrifice, let's give that limp, gimpy one. You know, let's give the sick one. You know, the one that we don't need, the one that we don't want, the one that is so sick we wouldn't eat it. Let's give God that one. No, no, no. You give him that one that is the prized one, the one that you would take to a show and say, see, look at my prized lamb. Why do we give God the best part? Because he is the best. And he gave his best in his son to save us from our sins. God is all about the best. He gave us our best, and by His grace, let's give our best back to Him. You see, God has grace for meeting His conditions and our needs. God even gives... See, God never requires something without first giving you the grace to do it. And so God has grace for meeting His conditions and our needs. I think I already read this. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer... Another withholds what he should give and only suffers one. Turn back to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. Turn back to 2 Corinthians 8. And I want to read verses 1 through 5. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 5. Here's how it works. Where God gives you grace to honor him with, his, uh, with your wealth while also meeting your needs. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 5. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality, their generosity. For I testify that according to their ability 
and beyond their ability. They gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this, not as we had expected, they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So God has grace to check your heart motivation. God has grace to meet his conditions. Look at number three. Gratefully enjoy God's provision. Gratefully enjoy. Look at verse 10. Back in Proverbs 3, verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Enjoy it. And your vats will be bursting with wine. Enjoy it. Isn't it a beautiful thing? God says, look, I gave you all this. Honor me with the first part. Trust me in it all and enjoy what I provide, whether that be little or much. Listen, God has grace for enjoying his provisions in times of want and in times of obedience. Sometimes we just need to lighten up and loosen up as Christians and realize God has grace for us to enjoy what he's given. Don't feel guilty. Put him first, give to him the best, and then enjoy what he has allowed you to have. Listen, the rest of Proverbs 3, when you read through verses uh, uh, 13 through 20, you're going to see this. Measure your treasure by God's wisdom and then fully enjoy it in his presence. Measure your treasure by God's wisdom and then fully enjoy it in his presence. Because listen, God's wisdom freely gives what money can't buy. That's the idea of verses 13 through 18. Wisdom in financial dealing is worth more than all the money in the world. And wisdom graciously provides what money can't deliver. If you look at verses 19 and 20, God is the creator of all things. He's the creator of life. Listen, those people in Barut have lost everything. And I, I do not make, that is devastating. But those who are believers have lost nothing of eternal value. And even those who were believers who lost their lives are rich beyond measure and more alive than ever because money can't buy you an abundant life in this life and eternal life in the life to come. Measure your treasure by God's wisdom. And so I end with this challenge. It's pretty straightforward. The time to surrender your treasure is today. God has revealed his perspective so that you you can surrender it, and he has given you grace so that you can actually do it. Jesus is Proverbs wrapped in human flesh, and he is ready to be your king. But you've got to surrender your heart to him. And so I just leave you with this challenge. Try him. Try him in the area of finances. Test him and see if he does not come through for you financially. And then treasure him above all that you have, whether it is little or much. Let's pray.
Father, I pray this prayer from Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Keep deception and lies from us. Give us neither poverty nor riches. Feed us with the food that is our portion, that we may not be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And that we may not be in want and steal and profane the name of our God. Oh, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. May this be true of us. Amen. Amen.